0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.
1: Good morning, I'm Annika Colbert. It's Friday, October 1st. California's school mask mandate is in court. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. SHARP Healthcare is breaking ground on a new Previs Innovation and Education Center in Kearney Mesa that officials say will benefit the entire region. The facility is expected to be done in about a year and a half. It will serve as a hub for future projects at SHARP Healthcare. Chief Operating Officer Brett McLean says the site will raise the bar for healthcare in San Diego. The facility will have a simulation center and a technology lab for research and demonstrations. The city of Encinitas and the San Diego Water District are offering their employees a big incentive to get the COVID-19 vaccine. It's $2,500 for frontline workers and $2,000 for other employees. Encinitas Mayor Catherine Blakespear says this incentive is also to recognize the staff's hard work over the pandemic.
2: You know, we had to keep essential workers working in order to have our workforce function as a city. And so... We also, so we recognize the value of that work. We also want our public employees to be protecting the public's health, so we want our employees to be vaccinated.
1: Employees must submit proof of vaccination by October 7th to be eligible for the wellness incentive. San Diego weather watchers are expecting fall to end up much like summer, much hotter than normal. San Diego now has about 12 and a half more days of the above normal temperatures per year since the 1970s. National Weather Service meteorologist Alex Tardy says hotter years usually mean drought, but not always. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at CandlewoodArtsFestival.org.
1: The fight over California's school mask mandate went to court in Vista on Thursday. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne was
2: also in the courtroom. The mask mandate in schools remains in place. Judge Cynthia Freeland denied the request for a restraining order on student mask mandates. Here we are September 30th. School has started. Kids have been in school with masks and the protocols have been in place. And so I am not seeing an emergency today that would warrant issuing a temporary restraining order. The lawsuit was filed against the state and Governor Gavin Newsom by Let Them Breathe in Reopen California Schools. The groups claim masking, testing, and quarantine protocols in schools are not supported by science and are doing more harm than good. Sharon McKeeman is the founder of Let Them Breathe.
1: We knew that it might be difficult to get that emergency temporary restraining order, uh, but we, you know, obviously our kids are suffering behind these masks. We want this to happen as quickly as possible, but I am thankful that we are going to be having that full hearing at the start of November.
2: A full hearing is scheduled for November 8th. Judge Freeland says this extension will allow both parties to review and submit their supporting arguments. Arguments that she noted have been extensive in length the state submitting a 1600 page report and let them breathe using various links and articles. This is not something that anyone should approach lightly and I want everyone to have sufficient time to be able to provide all the necessary information because this is a significant issue. The governor's office says it's pleased with the ruling. In a written statement, it said its guidance is firmly grounded in science and noted recent studies confirm that schools with universal masking requirements are much less likely to experience outbreaks, confirming that masking is a critical strategy to keep students safe and schools open.
1: And that was reporting from KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne. The investigation is now complete into a disturbing video captured at Valhalla High School last month. The video went viral on social media and appeared to show a white campus supervisor putting his knee to the neck of a black student he was trying to restrain. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez tells us the final report makes clear what happened on campus and who is responsible.
3: As a district, we own what's in this report. Teresa Kemper is the Grossmont Union High School District Superintendent, taking responsibility for what happened here on the campus of Valhalla High School just a month ago. August 31st, students with cell phones caught a fight that started in the outdoor lunch area between two black female students. The video went viral on social media and appears to show a white campus supervisor trying to break up the fight that eventually led him to throw one of the girls to the ground and put his knee to her neck to restrain her. So my message to the student is this, I'm sorry, this should not have happened. The superintendent's video comments are in response to the release of an independent investigation conducted by a Los Angeles law firm with no affiliation to the district. In the final report, investigators do not list names of those involved, instead saying... Both student B and student A are 14-year-old ninth grade female students, while employee A is 51 years of age, at least 208 pounds, standing 5'11". The employee who initially broke up the fight did violate our district's existing restraint policy. The violation was in part due to a deficiency in our otherwise robust campus supervisor training. The report states, At 10 seconds, Employee A can then be seen placing his left knee on the right side of Student B's neck, pushing the left side of her face into the ground. His left hand appears to also push down on the right side of Student B's face. For the next 2 to 4 seconds, Employee A's left knee remains on Student B's neck. However, he quickly lifted his left hand from her face. That aligns with what many students reported witnessing that day. The report recommends more staff training and that employee A be removed from the school. He has been. The lead investigator goes on to say... There is no evidence to suggest that employee A's actions were based on race. However, it is my opinion based upon the number of incidents involving race between 2019 and the present that Valhalla High School students need to receive some form of cultural sensitivity training. Superintendent Kemper says that cultural sensitivity training has already begun on campus. The district will not say where employee A has been transferred or comment any more on the status of the female student.
1: And that was KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez. It was two and a half years ago when John Ernest burst into a Poway synagogue and opened fire. Minutes later, a woman was dead and three others injured. On Thursday, he was sentenced to spend the rest of his life in prison. KPBS's John Carroll was in court as victims told him how his actions that day changed their lives forever.
4: Do whatever you need to do, Two and a half years later, and Hannah Kay, whose mother Lori Gilbert Kay was murdered by John Ernest, struggled to even begin her statement. (laughs) (laughs) But once Kay regained her composure, her message to the man who killed her mother was painful, eloquent, gut wrenching. My mother's voice is loud, steady, and clear in my heart and because she cannot
2: tell the world what she experienced day she was murdered for being a jew i will do so for her the voice of my mother is reclaimed within my own john ernest your bullets will not wreck through my body today as they did my mother's she is here she is alive within
4: my words it was april 27th 2019 54 people were inside the chabad of Poway for a sabbath service when ernest drove up armed with an assault rifle Once he was inside, he opened fire. Lori Gilbert K died where she fell in the entrance hall. The synagogue's founding rabbi, along with an eight-year-old girl and her uncle, were all injured. One of the worshippers was an off-duty Border Patrol agent who fired back at Ernest. He and another man rushed to stop him, but by that time his gun had jammed. They chased him out of the synagogue. Ernest sped off, but minutes later he called police, told him what he'd just done, and waited for them to arrest him.
0: In our 32 ma- years of marriage, she never gave me a bad word.
4: Dr. Howard Kay spoke of what a wonderful person his wife was, how she focused tirelessly on helping others.
3: Even after her death, we would get thank you notes kept coming in because what Lori used to do is she used to give checks to people to give the charities when she
4: traveled. Lori Gilbert Kaye's sister, Randy Grossman, noted the presence of good next to evil in the courtroom as she described in her way what happened that April day of 2019.
2: This monster hunted down and murdered my sister Lori, wounding three others, including a little girl, a little girl. And why? Why? What did they ever do to him? He hated Jews, so he decided to kill Jews.
1: And that was reporting from KPBS's John Carroll. Governor Gavin Newsom signed a handful of police reforms into law on Thursday. CAP Radio's Nicole Nixon has more.
5: The eight bills were spurred by George Floyd's murder last year by Minneapolis police and the subsequent protests. One of them is Senate Bill 2, which allows the state to decertify cops found guilty of certain crimes or misconduct. It's meant to stop them from bouncing between departments. It was authored by Democratic Senator Stephen Bradford.
0: This bill is not just about holding bad officers accountable for their misconduct. It's also about rebuilding trust between our communities in law enforcement.
5: California is one of just four states that, until now, didn't have a decertification process. The governor also signed laws to ban certain chokeholds and raise the minimum age to be a police officer. The ceremony took place at a park in Gardena, where a 25-year-old named Kenneth Ross Jr. was shot and killed by police in 2018. His mother, Fazia Almaru, was at the bill signing. No family deserves this. This bill is gonna protect other families. A family member of Angelo Quinto, another man killed by police in 2020, said the bills will bring accountability and hope for families that change is possible. And that was
1: Cap Radio's Nicole Nixon. Coming up, the military often falls short on recognizing how the wounds of war lead to misconduct. They're likely to hurt themselves. They're likely to have other adverse effects if you're two years just waiting to find out what's going to happen to you. We'll have more on that next, just after the break. The wars are over, but the battle has just started for many troops dealing with injuries. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh says one Marine scored a rare win in a system that advocates claim invites troops with PTSD to commit more misconduct while the military decides their fate.
6: I started working out again. I've gotten healthy.
7: I don't feel i don't have that dark cloud over me that i used to have i met cooper williams just as the sun was coming up outside a coffee house an hour north of san diego he sounded upbeat last december he'd been worried about being kicked out of the marines after 17 years
6: am i going to lose everything is my family are we going to be put out after 18 years without any any insurance any uh, assistance based off of everything that i went through and all the mitigating circumstances yeah that was That was taxing on myself and my family.
7: He'd been spiraling. After multiple deployments, including Iraq and Afghanistan, he was self-medicating. A horrific family tragedy had made things worse when his parents were involved in a murder-suicide. Williams asked for help. He entered a wounded warrior battalion at Camp Pendleton, where Marines are treated for mental and physical injuries. But in the space of one month, he racked up two DUIs, He faced dismissal from the Corps. From the time of the incident, uh, till now. It's been about a year and eight months. His attorney sent letters to his command showing Williams wasn't receiving the proper medication, but he still faced being discharged. Then, earlier this year, Williams was told one of the generals in charge of his case changed his mind. Lieutenant General Ed Banta now thought Williams should be allowed to retire.
6: You know, there's a lot that was going on at that time both medication wise, personal wise, um, dealing with the death of my parents, dealing with some things.
7: But it wasn't over. Williams was still required to face a board of inquiry. The process hung over him for 20 months until a panel of three officers recently ruled in his favor.
6: So it feels, it feels very good to have the weight lifted off of your shoulder in the cloud of the unknown and the fear of the unknown because that weighing over you within itself is a very, uh, emotionally taxing thing, I guess,
7: even for you and your family. So, very glad.
2: And if you have someone who's suffering from mental health or TBI issues, they're likely to commit more misconduct.
7: Esther Liebenfarth is with the National Veterans Legal Services Program. She says the military typically doesn't reverse itself, even in cases where service-related medical conditions play a role in the misconduct. Ibn says the Marines and other services need a single set of rules so troops with TBI or traumatic brain injuries or PTSD don't go through a long process where they risk losing everything.
4: Because it's a
1: symptom of their mental health condition. They're likely to hurt themselves. They're likely to have other adverse effects if you're two years just waiting to find out what's going to happen to you and without proper treatment, without being able to move on to your life.
7: In a letter obtained by KPBS, the new commander of Wounded Warrior Battalion West, Lt. Col. Rebecca Harvey, says Williams did not receive proper treatment initially. She revealed that mental health resources have gone down more than 50% at a time when the Marines are seeing more cases like Williams. She added, Marines like Chief Warrant Officer Williams have served for many years, often ignoring their injuries to ensure they can deploy when asked, we owe them more. Between his treatment and the separation process, she says, the Marine Corps failed Williams. For his part, Williams is ready to move on with his life. It made me better as a person. Um, It made me dig
6: deep into find out who I am inside and and who I am and how I'm gonna respond because there's two different ways you can respond in those situations. You can either go darker or you can come into the light. And
1: that reporting from KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh. This story was produced by the American Homefront Project, a public media collaboration that reports on American military life and veterans. Funding comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.